Hello and welcome to Jenny McCarthy's Wedding Tip Wednesday. In today's episode, I am joined by one of my favourite wedding singers in the industry, Maria Fitzgerald. Maria is a multi-award winning singer, actor and music producer and she actually sang at my own wedding. In today's episode, we chatted about the battles with priests, about the songs that you're allowed to have on your wedding playlist. We also chatted about Maria's unfortunate encounter with candle wax in one of her weddings and some of the juicy behind the scenes details that you would never know a wedding musician has to deal with. I hope you enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Clarence and Clarence is actually the number one luxury skincare brand in Europe. They're a French family brand who are dedicated to beauty and they're experts in skincare and makeup. This is a story of a pioneering brand born in Paris in 1954 with a mission to make life more beautiful and pass on a more beautiful planet. Their products are inspired by the science of nature using over 250 natural plant extracts, each sourced with the utmost care for the environment to protect our planet's biodiversity. Guys, I literally use Clarence products all of the time to live beautifully for myself and for my brides. So I'm delighted to have them on board. Clarence have kindly given us a competition prize to give away at the end of all of my podcasts. It's my very favourite double serum and double serum eye. You just have to listen to the end of the episode to find out how to win. So today I am so excited to have you here, Maria. Thank you, Jenny. Welcome to my podcast. Oh my God, it's so great to be here. Everybody loves this Wedding Tip Wednesday. So when you asked me on, I thought, yes, of course. Well, it's great. First of all, I had you sing at my wedding. You did. I wouldn't have had anybody else. And I suppose just from my point of view, when I arrive to weddings and I see that it's you, I'm like, oh God. Because I know the music is just going to be absolutely oh, thanks, amazing. Jenny. Oh, do you know what? It's a passion, isn't it? I mean, it's just like you with with photography. It's yeah. just every day is a fantastic day and, and we get to be part of this fantastic yeah. experience for two people. And um, yeah, like the music, the photography is so important, but the music is, is so, so important as well. And sometimes people don't actually realise that. I mean, most couples do. So when they get engaged and they book their church and they book their venue, they start looking at kind of other suppliers at that point. Um, And luckily, most couples will kind of go for their music at that stage. Yes. And some people kind of leave it till the last minute. Like, I don't get that. No, (laughs) it's weird (laughs) because the thing about the music for a wedding day is that it is your first introduction to the day. Yeah. So when the bride or groom are walking up the aisle. It's, you know, it is the first thing that people hear. And when they arrive to the venue or to the church, you know, there's music playing in the background and it's creating this atmosphere. Of course. So it is. It's really important. And you know, like the song that you're going to walk up the aisle to. I like. That's so exciting picking that. So nerve wracking. It's emotional. It's great. Like, it's amazing. So do do you help the couples decide what that's going to be? Absolutely. So a lot of couples will have a definite idea of what they want. Some people have a definite idea of the style of music they like. So with us, we perform both sort of classical and contemporary music. So they would have a choice of either having, you know, a contemporary song, something like 
um, say Songbird or, you know, those kind of yes. really lovely romantic ballads. Yes. They could go with something classical, maybe like Nella Fantasia, oh, which I know I you love. I won't to that. Oh. <laughs> Every time I hear you singing that, I'm like, oh, I start crying. I'm like, it's not even my when wedding. At weddings, you, I, I, when I'm singing that, I always have a little look to you and you're like, oh, oh my God, that's me. And I'm recording you doing it as well. Oh, yeah. So people, like people walk up to that or they can do instrumental music like, you know, Pachelbel's Canon. So Canon in D by Pachelbel. Yeah. Um, or a contemporary instrumental so it really just depends I always say to the bride when you know when they're at that point of choosing their music I always say to the bride or groom um, if they can just put themselves in the situation in their minds of of the venue or of the church because they've been there so they can picture it of course so I always say when you're going to bed at night Close your eyes or even if you're having a cup of tea, a glass of wine, close your eyes, put yourself in that moment. And then... Of goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But if they put themselves in that moment, then I always ask them, what do you hear playing? Wow. And then they kind of say, oh, yeah. So if they're kind of in between two songs, oh, Maria, what do you think? Is Should I do this one? Should I do the other one? Yeah. I always say to them, look, put yourself in the situation. And then you'll hear which one. And yes. then in your mind, play both. And you'll always say, oh, yeah, no, I definitely prefer that one. And so tell that's, me then, Maria, you know, so um, there's lots of music, obviously, that they have to pick, say, for say a, a church ceremony. Yeah. Um, and they haven't a clue. A lot of them don't go to mass, but they want yeah. to get married in the church. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so do you guide them through kind yes. of, you know, where the songs should be? Yeah. So basically what we do is um, when the when the couples book at that point, then we will send them across. We have um, a wedding music guide. So it's a little ebook yes. which explains everything. So it has our full extensive repertoire list. And that's kind of it's a big list of yeah. songs that we do. Yeah. And it also gives you the order of service, say for the Catholic Mass or for the civil ceremony. And it will tell you exactly where you put the songs and how many you need. Brilliant. And, and that's really just their homework. So, Jeez, they get this big list. Yeah, I don't know where do list. I start? They usually start on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. So I say to most people, look, don't look them all up. You'll be here till next Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So just cast your eye over them, see what jumps out at you, make a list of your wish list and yes. come back to me then. Okay. So about six to eight weeks before the wedding, I usually have a chat with the bride and groom. Right. And I, you know, either do that on telephone or on Zoom and we go through everything. Right. And I usually have a set of questions I ask them. Okay. So that's... Are you interviewing them now, Maria? Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, so, no, it's just a set of questions for me to gauge what style of music they like. Right. So um, if I know the style they like, then I can definitely advise them on other songs they might not have thought of. Okay. Because everybody kind of wants to be different. I know. But the only thing is that everybody wants to be different, but they all kind of end up being samey, samey. Yes, of course. Because they've heard things at other weddings. And I always say to people, look, do yourself. Don't do what Mary did last week. Exactly. Or, you know, somebody did a couple of months ago. Just look at what you like. Yeah. Because the thing about wedding music is it is really like the... You know, it is telling the story of the bride and groom. It makes the ceremony. Yeah. It's like the soundtrack to your day. Come here. And I have come across so many awful singers. 
you know, now, and they may just be a relation of the couple. Yeah. And they think, wouldn't it be lovely now to have cousin Elizabeth sing at the wedding? And I'm thinking, right, okay, fine. Um, (laughs) Thankfully, it doesn't happen that often. But, you know, you know yourself. Yeah. Does anybody ever say to you, Maria, um, just during the ceremony, my cousin wants to sing or my auntie wants and you go, Jesus. I was hoping, actually, I was kind of hoping you'd ask me that today (laughs) because I wanted to just explain something. So, Yes, it's lovely to have family involved. Now, just say it as it is, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Don't be holding back here. No. (laughs) Um, So it is lovely to have family involved, for definite. It is lovely. I mean, but maybe not doing that. (laughs) So (laughs) that's me being as, you know, politically correct as I possibly can be. So basically what happens is if somebody asks me that, I will always ask, well, what's their background in music? So have they been trained to sing or play whatever instrument? Um, and I always say, okay, that's fine. Well, what you need to do is you need to get them to call me. Okay. And if it's a singer, for instance, because there could be a trained singer that wants to sing and that's fine, but they would need to come to me and then I'll have a chat with them. Mm. They'll probably want my musicians to play, accompany them. So, so the thing about it is I always ask them for exactly the arrangement of the song that they're doing. So say, for instance, they want to do um, something like um, To Make You Feel My Love. So whose arrangement is it? Is it Bob Dylan's or is it Adele's? God, there's so much involved. And then, you know, I find that that sheet music and then I ask them exactly what key they sing it in. So when they're practicing, some people might not know. So I ask them to send me a recording that they sing along to. And then I'll work out the key. Right. And then that means that the sheet music is there on the day for the musicians and nothing can go wrong. I know, don't ask your relation. Just yeah. leave it. Yeah, yeah. Get them to do but a reading. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But like, I mean, I've had, I've had people, now this is a long time ago. Okay. But I've had, you know, a cousin, I think actually, of the bride and groom who wanted to play the violin. Now, right. bearing in mind that the musicians that work with me and and come to the weddings with me are from the RT Concert Orchestra, a National Symphony Orchestra. Like, they're brilliant. And they wanted somebody to play So they wanted, and we had violin on the day, one of the best violinists in the country. And um, this poor girl came along with her violin and I honestly, she said to me beforehand, of course, the bride had said, oh, she's brilliant. She's amazing. You know, she's been at it for years. And I said, oh, great. And then when she arrived, she said to me, I haven't picked up the violin in, in I don't know how long. Oh, my God. I really? said, about how long? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> so she was playing something like, I think it was something simple, actually like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star or Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Right. But the girl, and it's really unfair to ask people to perform, I think, because she was so nervous. <gasps> she just, and, and if you're, can you imagine playing her a violin? Her, her hands were shaking. Uh, so no. that's going to be in the sound, obviously. Oh God, yeah. So I my heart broke that day because I thought. It wasn't good. She was asked to do a job yeah. and she said, well, I better not say no. She really didn't want to do and it. they threw her in with your guys. Good yeah. luck. Oh my God. Yeah, so it's like, that. so that's kind of, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's not nice to be in that situation. So I would always say to brides and grooms, look, if you're asking somebody, make sure they want to do it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. don't ask them for the sake of it because yes. they might want to just enjoy their day. Exactly. You know. And tell me, because I was what? talking about priests. Yeah. Um, you know, I have as a photographer, come across lovely priests. But I've also had a few um, 
idiots. God forgive me. I'm not talking about Holy God here now. I'm talking about the individual. Yeah, I was being saying that to you before. Like it's it's really important to separate the actual priest to the human being. Yes. And do you know, I've heard people saying, Oh my God, he's an awful priest. Yeah. An, you know, but it's it's just the person is maybe not you know, Very nice. Mm. Mm, controlling. Yeah. So just don't yeah. be holding back, Maria. That's yeah. just the way it is. It is. So, you know, as a photographer, I would find that really difficult. Yeah. Because I'm trying to capture the couple's day um, and I'm really trying to focus on all of those different elements that happen throughout the ceremony. And I'm also paranoid your man's going to speak to me from the microphone and then I'd have a heart attack. Has that then, happened? Uh, yes, it has a couple of times, Maria. Oh no. Actually, oh no. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Oh no. He said to, this particular <gasps> priest a good few years ago said to me, um, now when I'm doing my homily, you sit. Okay. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm good. And I, I didn't know what the homily was. Now, I obviously do know what the homily is now, but, uh, you know, the homily is so I'm thinking so he's going to say I'm doing the homily now or whatever so I'm standing because you oh, know yeah. me I stand yeah, you do because I can't miss something if I see something happening <laughs> I'm going to photograph it and next of all um, so I'm kind of looking around the church and I'm looking for reactions and then everybody slowly but surely starts to look at me and I'm thinking why are they all looking at me and then I looked oh, no. at the altar and he's looking at me and he said I said sit <gasps> well, I was like oh God. Oh no. Tell me to sit. I'm absolutely oh, no. I sat down and I, I was really annoyed, but I got a lump in my throat because I, th- I thought I was going to start crying. So I was so embarrassed. There was about 180 people in the church. That I was is mortified. And then he was just rude a couple of other times during the, yeah. um, the ceremony. And I left that. But I was um there about three or four years ago. I, I went to Kerry to do a wedding. Now I don't yeah. go to Kerry very often because it is quite far away, but I have done weddings in Kerry. Yeah. And there was a priest there from Dublin and I thought, oh, this is amazing, you know, and he and he did a Dublin accent and I thought, we're going to really gel. So I, you know me, yeah. I would go in and just say, hello, Father, how are you doing? My name's Jenny. And I ask a few questions like, how are you going to do, you know, the unity candles? Are yeah. you going to get them to go around and face the congregation? Yeah. Or are they just going to go up and light them just so I know where to be? So I got as far as... Hi, Father, I'm Jenny. I was just wondering, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I don't, I can't even remember what he said to me. Like he was just so rude, told me to get off the carpet, stand down there. Don't you, don't you dare ask me how I'm going to, and he just went for me. And I I, I just said, okay. So I kind of, you know, took a little bit of a step back from him and I was just really, it does affect your job on the day. Oh, it it, like, it it knocks you for six. Yeah. And then what happened just very quickly later on, then I just got on really well with the mother. Um, She was lovely, lovely, lovely. She'd lost her husband, pardon me. Um, And I just was just mindful of that all day long. Yeah. And she mentioned me in the speeches and she was just so nice about that later. And he was sitting right next to her and I thought, Jeannie, isn't karma a bitch? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, Jenny, I was doing a mass <clears throat> not so long ago and um, it was again, you know, with obviously with COVID times, which we hate mentioning. Um, yes. But all of the masses are broadcast. Yeah. So I always bring my own equipment wherever I go. You know, we don't leave anything to chance. So we always bring our own sound system, own piano, like all the instruments, everything comes with us. Yes. But because the church broadcast, we also then use the church's mic as well. So I, I, people often ask me, why do you have two microphones? Well, that's the reason, right? But I was doing a mass in Dublin 
um, not so long ago. And the microphone that they gave me for the church was actually a little bit crackly. Right. So I thought, OK, this isn't working. And I had been in this church about a week before and there was a just a standing mic on the altar, which wasn't used. So I used that the week before. Right. So I just brought that over to where I was and that was fine. And the priest came over in the middle of something going on in the mass and I was singing. I was actually singing. And he he said, that mic's belonged to the altar as I was singing. And I just kept singing. And of then course. he went to turn away, but I think he got a bee in his bonnet. Oh. So he turned back and he went to take the mic away from me. But the leads were all entangled with my leads. Ah, stop the lights. I'll be gone. So, so then he got down on his hands and knees and he started to wrench the, the, the microphone away from me. Um, to the point, actually, that the microphone fell over, hit me in the face. <laughs> oh, Maria. While I was singing, hit me in the face. And my um, iPad, because we use iPads now, we don't use sheet music anymore. Good Lord. Um, but, the, but it's great. That's what you were saying Pardon earlier on about, uh, about, you know, mess and stuff. It just eliminates all of that. Yeah. But anyway, my, my, my uh, iPad fell off my music stand. My music stand fell over. The microphone hit me in the face. And it was just so unnecessary. That's very embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But you know what? Like, I would say probably, in my experience, I'd say probably 90, 90 to 95% of weddings are the most gorgeous priests on yes. the planet. Yeah. And I find the key to, like, dealing with priests, because couples often come to me and say, oh, look, do I have to have all religious music? Do I have to do this? Because the priest said I have to have all religious music. And I always say to them, look, there are parts in the mass, if you're getting married in a church, Yes, there are parts in the mass that you must have religious music or instrumental music. Of course, yeah. But there are parts that you don't. Mm -hmm. But the priest will always ask for your list of songs beforehand. So I always say to the bride and groom, look, what you do is go to the priest and say, Father, here's our list of songs. We've picked them because they all mean something very special to us. Yes, of course. So, so you know, we hope we can keep them because they're really meaningful. Yes. And generally the priest will say, OK. The odd one might say no. Really? Yeah. OK. But I mean, they, they, you're pre-warned. Yeah. At least if you give them the list beforehand, you don't have to be on the day. You know, I, I do remember years ago the priest saying you can't sing that on the day right. of a wedding. So we ended up having to play it as an instrumental piece and not a song. Isn't that shocking? It's shocking. Yeah. So... And it was a shame because it would have been nice for the bride to know beforehand. I've know. I've had somebody say to me that they had picked all their music. Yeah. And they hadn't actually given the priest their list of music in advance oh. until the day. <laughs> oh, no. And he took three songs out. And, yeah. she, and, and she was really upset because she said they had spent quite a bit of time yeah. picking the songs. So <clears throat> I think people don't actually realise that there are... Songs that you're not allowed sing in the church. Yeah. Most priests won't let you. Well, you that's know. kind of like for things like, say, for instance, the offertory procession. Yeah. For communion time. Mm -hmm. Generally, those have to kind of, they need to be quite sacred. Yes. Definitely the first song of communion. Yeah. So the way the, way the ceremony runs, you've got your entrance piece which some couples choose to have, you know, a separate piece for the bridesmaids or yes. a separate piece for the bride. That was my, that was one of my questions. This yeah. is lovely actually. Okay. Yeah. No, do you know what? It is lovely, Jenny. But the only thing is that 
there is a certain sense of stopping and starting. Okay. So sometimes if you go with one piece, then it's kind of seamless. And what you can do if you want it to be slightly different is you can have, you know, the song, say if you pick a song, the song that you pick, have it as an instrumental for the bridesmaids and then just have the voice coming in. Oh, that's such a good idea. That's a good idea. Because my, my, I was just going to say to you, if you have six bridesmaids walking up the aisle, like six bridesmaids, you know, is a lot, but some people do have six bridesmaids and the kids. Yeah, and by the time get the bride gets to the top, the, the bloody song is over. So but well, there's always there's always a way of <laughs> looping back. So okay. this is so we're always in the in the church or in the venue. Yeah, an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes beforehand, we set up, we sound check, and then we do a top and tail rehearsal. So that's us. You're amazing. So, so thanks. Amazing. <laughs> I try, yeah. but we we have a chat through each of the pieces and yeah. specifically for the entrance. So if it's a song, you know, we'll always say, okay, if we get to the end and the bride still isn't isn't here, yeah. we'll loop back to this section. Right. So it just seamlessly happens. You don't wow. hear anything. It just sounds like the, a continuation of the song. Yeah. So that's all organized beforehand. Sure. And like, I mean, you have to do that because with us, you could have, say, just me accompanied by piano or you could have me accompanied by a whole ensemble of instruments. So tell me about your team then. Like, yeah, so oh, how many great. of you? Are, I mean, I just see you guys oh, and I look, so oh, hello, hello, hello. And I don't even have time to really I talk know, properly to I you because I'm doing my job too. You're doing yours. We're, we're racing to get everything but, done. You yeah. know, like at, at my wedding, I, I always say that, you know, when you're getting married, my wedding, sure, Martin got married too, but it was my wedding. Oh, Every yeah. time I spoke about <laughs> I it, I say that too. Wedding. Actually, I do. I say that too. <laughs> so we had you and we had. We had your a tenor, yeah, a tenor and as you well. You had piano and violin too, didn't and you? Piano and yeah. violin, and, and the that's other a lovely day, company. That was lovely, yeah, lovely especially for Nella Fantasy. No, I'm not going to start singing now, so I can't <laughs> sing. You'll throw me out. Um, but it is lovely to have a tenor for that. that yeah, that's stunning. And the but, prayer as well. And the prayer that you have to oh really have a tenor for the prayer. That and, was just and a really good one. Yeah, to have a good one. But but our, but just our ceremony, like for me, it was just all about the music. I it loved was all it. about the music. Oh no, I remember. I'll come back to that in a second about the different options but I just remember when you walked in because we like I didn't know what your dress was going to be oh. and oh my god you just like your waist was tiny it's like <laughs> what just, excuse me what do you mean was tiny <laughs> oh is tiny is tiny but you were just like a vision you were a vision oh, oh and it was great Maria. it was great oh that was amazing so but yeah so you had amazing. a great combination so piano violin and two singers which yeah. was fabulous but you can you know when we met the other day actually interestingly we met at a wedding on Saturday yeah, <laughs> we didn't know we were both going to I be know. there. Isn't that funny? But that was like string quartet, yeah, string quartet, string quartet and yeah. myself. But you can go with you know when people are trying to decide how to choose their instruments. Yeah, that's a big thing. So I know you had asked me before about you know do a couple need to know exactly what they want before they call me? Yes, not really. So what usually happens? I'm very hands on. So in in what we do. I'm there from the very beginning. So I will always have a chat with the bride and groom, um, whoever is organising the, the wedding music or or both or whoever, you know, whoever's looking after it. So I'll always have a chat with them. I'll ask them again a couple of questions to gauge the style of music they like. Yes. So with us, I suppose you're lucky in the sense that um, I'm trained to sing in both a classical style voice and also modern contemporary. And they're very different. So my background study is that I trained in musical theatre Yes, um, in London. So I have both sides of, of the whole kind of training. So You're a legend. Oh, thanks, Jenny. 
<laughs> I'm saying thanks, but really I'm going, no, I'm not. But um, but yeah, so like if you've ever heard at weddings, if you have a very classical soprano trying to sing contemporary music, pop music, it yeah. doesn't quite sound right. Not at all. Or if you have a very contemporary singer that maybe doesn't have classical training and they try to sing like the Ave Maria or whatever, that doesn't sound right. But with us, we do both and same with the musicians. So usually I would ask the bride and groom, do you want to have a classical themed wedding? Do you want to have a modern contemporary themed wedding musically? Yes. Or do you want to mix both? Yeah. And most people mix both. Of course. So then you've got the option. So if they do want to go with all classical, then they would tend to kind of go with a string quartet or maybe piano, violin, cello. Because mm-hmm. some people love the piano, yeah. but they also want strings. So if you have the, the violin and cello, then you've got the upper and lower register of strings. So it creates this really rich round sound and a beautiful colour. Oh. And some people ask me also, um, like, oh, I only have a small church. <laughs> Um, So I I probably shouldn't have so many instruments. So having lots of instruments actually doesn't mean that it's louder. What instruments, adding instruments, what that does is it adds colour to the music. Of course. So, you know, if, if for instance, you want to keep it simple and go with piano and voice. Yeah. That's stunning because you can really hear the voice. So you have to have a really good singer for that. Like you. you, uh, Thanks, (laughs) Jimmy. I'm still going. (laughs) Oh, thank you. But, um. The Yeah, so you've got to have that sort of, um, it, it's a nice ethereal sound, you know, even the contemporary stuff is really rich when it's just piano. Then you can think about adding extra instruments after that. So you sure. can add violin, you can add cello, you can add guitar, flute. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these things that you can have, yeah. and they're all the best musicians in the country. So like you're not going to eat whatever option you go with. Sure. It's, it's going to be great. And tell me, Maria, then, you know, I know we talked about priests and but and difficult ones and thankfully they're few and far between. Yeah. Any kind of like little behind the scenes stuff that you can tell me about? Like, does something ever go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it does? But the thing about it is, right, I always say to, obviously people are worried about that. Mm-hmm. They're always worried, but I, you know, yeah. they want it to be perfect, but we're living a human experience. Of course. So perfection really isn't, obtainable and nor should you have to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. But of course you want your wedding day to be as flawless as possible. Yes. But things do go wrong. Tell us about the drink that you were telling me about behind the scenes. (laughs) So I was doing a wedding actually at a venue, at a hotel venue. And the thing about hotel venues is that people generally get really relaxed, don't they? Oh God, yeah. So, you know, if the the bar is open. Yes. (laughs) So if the wedding is due to start at say two o'clock, yeah. You can still kind of see people dribbling in kind of, you know, yeah. five to two. Of course. But sometimes carrying pints oh, and yeah. gin and tonics. And, and they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to. Not allowed. No. But I do remember doing one wedding um, and it was up the country in a beautiful hotel. And they had these, you know, the pedestals going up the aisle with the beautiful cherry trees. Yes. Like it looked stunning. But the bride was at the door. And Ready to walk in. In actual fact, that day we had two brides, it was same sex wedding, and yeah. it was two brides, and they were both having their own entrances in. Sure. And uh, I was waiting at my mic and my musicians. I always, uh, you know, the photographer always cues me and oh. I cue them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we were waiting anyway, and suddenly I looked over, and on one of the pedestals, right on the walk up the aisle, there was a giant pint and what looked like a gin and tonic. And I thought I was about to sing. You know, I hadn't cued the musicians yet, but, you know, they were ready to start. And I thought, well, fuck this. So I walked away from the musicians. I walked down the aisle and 
everybody was was waiting, you know, and I thought, well, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I walked down the aisle and I took the two glasses off the pedestal and I put them underneath the seat there. <gasps> and I tottered on back up to my microphone because I thought <laughs> those two drinks would have been in that bride and groom's photographs, yes. would have been in their wedding video. Absolutely. The bride could have bumped off it and it could and have spilled on her dress. dress. Good luck. So that's well like... Well done, Maria. There's, the musicians there are probably going, she's walking out of the house. What is she doing? <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you kind of... I know I'm there in my capacity as a singer, but yeah. but more often than not, you're doing damage control as you're going, of, you know, spotting things. You yeah. know yourself. Oh, listen. You have your bag of tricks. I actually have a bag of tricks in my bag as well. You do? I do, because things like, you know, recently a bride's veil fell off at the beginning of the mass. Mm. And like, it was a, the most stunning veil. Stop. Like it made her outfit. Do you know why that fell off? Because the clips weren't, weren't I wouldn't properly. even say they put clips in. No. It happens all the time. And I always say that if you're putting the veil in now, you could correct me if I'm wrong on this, but okay. this is my own take of it. <laughs> but I think if you have, you know, the, the normal sort of bobby pins, the normal yeah. straight clips, mm -hmm. if you can actually put them in an X shape. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to bring you to all my then weddings with me. If you put them in an X yes, shape, then the thing about it is, and face them down the way. Yeah. So obviously don't face them up the way, face them down the way. Yeah. Then just the, the veil just clips in. Absolutely. So that's what I did on that day was I just ran over to the bride. And how did her veil fall out? I don't, I don't actually know. Yeah. But I, I know the bridesmaid went up and <laughs> she couldn't get it in. No, it was funny. She was kind of like, she did a basic like grab and <laughs> she did this thing. And I was like, well, that's not going to stay. But it fell out, I think, twice, twice. And I thought I could see the bride was getting a little bit. Anxious, so I just I went over and I said, listen, just put that in for a second. Don't even worry if anybody's looking at you. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to fix the veil. Exactly. It'll take me one second. You're amazing. And she, yeah, so it just, you know, so we are always doing stuff like that, aren't oh, we? completely. But then everybody rally, rallies round. They do. Well, I had a bride recently where um, she was getting into her dress on the morning and I, I would say she'd had like a Suzanne Jackson. I'll never forget her dress. I did her oh, wedding. Oh, wow, day. yeah. And she had this beautiful, stunning um skirt on her dress. Oh, wow. And it was one of those that just sort of tied around the waist oh, and then you take it off take later. in the evening. I love that. It's really Audrey Hepburn, but it isn't it? was just so long, okay. the, the, the train on her dress, you know, and they, they got a helicopter to the venue. Right. And it wouldn't as fit into do. the helicopter. <laughs> oh, no do. way. It wouldn't fit in. It wouldn't fit in the dress. That it wouldn't. But anyway, so I had a, a bride recently who had, now not as long, but she had that kind of style yeah. train on her dress that kind of hooked around the top, at the, at the front. And I'm looking at it thinking, that's not going to hold. And there was a lot of embellishments on oh the train God. and it was heavy because of that. So Amy, who's my assistant, she was with me and I said, that's not going to stay there. Oh my God. So we're into that. So I said, oh, that's, you know, the little hook on it was kind of falling apart. Yeah, yeah. And she said, no, honestly, it'll be fine. The dressmaker said, and Come I'm just thinking. Come here to me. You're like. <laughs> I said, are you sure now, you know? Um, so sure enough, she arrives to uh, the church. It was a church um, ceremony and they pull up outside and she said, Jenny. And I said, it broke, didn't it? And she oh, said, no. it's gone, it's broke. Oh, no. So only that I had a needle and thread. In, now, it's a bag of tricks, but it's a bum bag now that I keep. It's like a kangaroo pouch I have. A, but it's uh, brilliant. I have. So I had to sew her into her yeah. dress at the church door. But Otherwise, you know what? Like, I mean, that is, you saved the day there. And well, I mean, I know it's for you, it's a small thing yeah. to carry a needle and thread. Yeah. But that saved the day. Absolutely. And it just, these little things all make a difference. Completely. And you can have kind of, you know, I always say that on a wedding day, if you can surround yourself with 
professionals in their field of all the different things. Yes. Then you don't need to worry. Absolutely. So there you are sewing the bride into her dress. She didn't need to worry. She didn't need to worry. No. And she walked up the aisle and she was absolutely as perfect. Larry. Yeah. Tell me, Maria. Yeah. What do you do to sort of, you know, do you have to look after yourself to keep that beautiful voice? Because it's I as do. beautiful as it as it was at our wedding 11 years ago. Oh, thanks. What, how do you do it? So oh, what? well, like I'm probably a little bit extreme in the way <laughs> I look after myself. No, genuinely I am. Okay. Um, most, like singers differ. Some singers can actually go out, you know, have pints drink cigarettes and they'll still sound fabulous. Yeah. And some singers will mind themselves. Like I really do mind myself. So like I ha- I have a very, very clean diet. Okay. So, Tell me. Oh, well, I mean, when I say clean, I mean really normal food. Okay. Like, you know, very... What's normal food? As in, you Potatoes. know... No, don't eat potatoes at all. Oh, I actually don't do eat potatoes. No. Well, don't they're quite fasting, aren't they? So vegetables like um, chicken, fish, that kind of stuff. That's, right. that's like, I don't do a lot of sauces and I don't do a lot of sugar. Um, okay. I don't drink alcohol. At all? No. You don't know what you're missing. I know. Well, I used to. I used to. But then yeah. I just, you know, for, for health benefits, I just... I just don't drink alcohol. Okay. Um, and yeah, and I drink, I mean, a ton of water. Right. So so what's a ton? A ton of water would be, <laughs> before I leave, the, the thing, my, my process would be that in the morning when I wake up, I genuinely bounce out of bed because I know I'm going to a wedding. I love it so much still all these years oh, later. Yeah, that's so lovely. But I'm always three hours before I have to leave the house. I get up three hours before I have to leave the house. Right. I drink at least two litres of water. Before you leave? Yeah. And then I have. Hang on a second. Yeah. How are you not peeing I was in the say, church? I have several, several wees before I leave the She's house. She's a nappy on her. <laughs> <laughs> no, but genuinely, the the water. People think that if you pick up a glass of water and drink it, oh, it hydrates the vocal cords. It doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. So basically, your whole body needs to absorb all the water for it eventually to get to the vocal cords. So that's why two, you know, two liters of water before I leave the house means that by the time I get there, I'll be well hydrated. Right. It'll have gone through all the rest of my body and reached my vocal cords. Yeah, of course, you're going to have a little sip of water if, you know, your throat gets dry a little bit or you just need to kind of, you know, have a little drink of water. So that's fine. But I mean... You know, you kind of need to drink it a lot in advance. So and if you have two litres before you leave the house, yeah. what do you drink for the rest of the day then? Like oh, I drink more. <gasps> another two? <laughs> I might drink another one anyway. Okay. Yeah. So okay. like I would try and do about three litres a day. Right. And then I, I mean, I, I love my yoga. I love my sea I swimming. That on your Instagram. Yeah. You can stand on your head, Maria. I know, I love it. But it's it, it just keeps me strong because we're carrying equipment. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I carry my sound system. And I mean, yes, of course, people, you know, can offer to give you help, but you need to be able to do these things by yourself. Yes. So I, yeah, so I do yoga to keep me strong and I watch my diet. And I, I do cold water swimming in the sea and that keeps my immune system Good. Tell me then. Mm. So, you know, I can't swim. I'd love to learn how to swim. I oh, keep I mean, saying it. When I say swim, I mean like it's a tea bag dip. I'm, a, I'm afraid of the water. So I okay. need to get over that to be able to swim. Yeah. So you go and you swim in the freezing cold water yeah. in the winter? Yeah. Ah, I go away. No, I do. I it's great. It is the most <laughs> exhilarating thing that you can do. I mean, really? We, uh, and now we have kind of gotten out of the habit a little bit recently and we need to get back. But I mean, there have been mornings when I wake up and my husband wakes up and we both say, like the first question is, it's not good morning, darling. How are you? It's when is I died? When is I died? <laughs> and we leg it down to the 40 foot. Yeah, and he yeah. Go, he goes with he you. He goes too, yeah. Wow. 
And it's all through, it's all through the years. So it's, um, it definitely keeps your immune system strong because you've got that kind of, that rush of, of, I suppose, adrenaline that goes through your body, but it, it, it really heightens your immune system. So, okay. so they're the things that I do to kind of keep myself as well as I can. Yes. Yeah. And have you ever thought to yourself, I'm going to do this until, and then I will give it up or mm. not? The singing? Yeah. Oh my God. I came out of the womb singing. I'm <laughs> going to go into the box singing. <laughs> I swear I will. Oh, no, I don't think I'll ever give it up. Yeah. Never, ever. What's the, what, what do you love the most? Do you, I mean, you do obviously a lot of weddings. What else do you do? You know? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, obviously I love the weddings. That's yeah, kind yeah. of, that's, that's where my heart is. Uh, m- mostly I love the connection with the bride and groom. Yes. I love that personal touch. I love getting to know them. Yeah. I love the hugs after I the know, ceremony. I, I love know. it. I was just going to ask but, you that as well. So yeah. do you get to see them after the ceremony? Or mostly, are they gone? Mostly. Yeah. Um, like, I, for instance, on Saturday, you know, you like to get them to the venue as quickly as possible. Yes. Because, you know, you need the time for well, photographs. At, you know, when, when, and it's, when it's cold. When it's cold and yeah. and the light is going by Nobody the second. really, well, yeah. But yeah. you know what? I Sometimes if I don't get to see them, you know, you kind of... You do get to sort of meet them through little winks and kind of waves and stuff, which is nice. It's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, But aside from weddings, like I do a lot of concert work and I do recording. And um, so generally, you know, when music is is my life, you know, that's that's what I do. And And tell me, didn't you record a song? Tell me all about that. Oh, no, I recorded an album. Sorry, I didn't mean to say a song. I meant to say an album. I did. I recorded an album a few years ago. And that's uh, totally, completely different to what I do with weddings. Yes. So with weddings, it's kind of more that classical and contemporary sound, whereas this was vintage cool jazz. So this is kind of part of, you know, Obviously, that the album is a full full band, yes. a proper full band um, with all the trimmings on it. But for say, for instance, the drinks receptions at weddings, we scale that down to myself accompanied by piano and double bass. Mm-hmm. And we do the kind of vintage cool jazz. So like Billie Holiday, Nora Jones, Amazing. Ella Fitzgerald. And it's nice because, you know, at drinks receptions, it's. It's background music is what yeah. you need. Yeah. You don't need anything kind of loud and in your face. Because people want to chat. Because they want to chat. And yeah. speaking of That's people it. chatting, which yeah. is bringing me back to the ceremony. Yeah. So I have noticed in the past mm. with different singers and sometimes you, very seldom um, it's you, but people chat in the church when somebody is up singing. That annoys the life out of me because I'm thinking you need to stop talking and listen. But to you know what? It's just that's Does life. Does that annoy you? Not really. I mean, sometimes if it's if I don't mind a little bit of chatting um, because I'm I'm used to it. Right. You know, I'm there to do to do the best that I can do. And you can't really account for what somebody else is going to do. Yeah. So you've just got to do what you do. It's never the bride and groom. Never the bride and groom. No. But there are times when the congregation can get really, really rowdy. When the communion is on. I know. Do you ever see the so priest actually, come back up and tell them to shut up? Yeah, funnily, funnily <laughs> enough, for my own wedding, for my own wedding, I said to the priest, my priest was fantastic. His name is Jim. He was fantastic. And I remember on the rehearsal the night before, I came in with what he thought looked like a clipboard. And I said, so Jim, <laughs> this is what we're doing. And he was brilliant. But I, I said to him, look, would you mind saying to the congregation or in the civil ceremony or your, your guests? Yeah. Um, so I said to him, would you mind saying at communion time, look, um, if I could ask you to be respectful to this part of the Mass and to really enjoy listening to the beautiful music, put it in a really nice way. 
then they'll be quiet. Yeah. But if nothing is said to them and if they're, you know, in fairness, it is just excitement. I know, of course. You it know, is. it's just excitement. But I mean, there are there have been times where I would just, you know, if it's so loud, I can't compete with that because no. I'm not going to start belting because that's not the style the bride and groom want. Exactly. So I tend to just kind of sit on the mic and still sing the the song but I won't actually force it into a belt which doesn't sound yeah. right. So it doesn't annoy you. But you no. prefer them not to talk. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course it, you would. Yeah. yeah. But then they're being human. I suppose the couple have just put so much work into I what know. music that they're going to pick, you know. That's it. But they do. And they do, like, as I said so many times before, like all the music reflects their personality. You know why they chose each of the songs. So yes. it would be nice if people listened to it. Absolutely. You know. And Maria, just kind of a few final questions. You yeah. know, when they're picking, you know, the songs for their ceremony, there's always a song in the church um, or it's a psalm. So it's a song between the yeah. first and the second yeah, yeah, yeah. reading. Like the amount of times the second reader goes up to speak and then the song comes on and the poor Egypt standing up with the microphone ready to speak and they have to stand there then. Do you tell the bride and groom to tell them that? Yeah, but you know what? People forget. (laughs) People do forget. So so generally they kind of stand up on, you know, I, I always have my musicians prepped so that when the first reading is finished, they start straight away. Yes. So there's no delay. Okay, good. So, that, so, so when the music starts then you'd hope that the other person will say, oh, that's a song, I won't stand up now. <laughs> but sometimes they do. And you know what? They're kind of mortified standing mortified. there. And I feel awful for but them. But you know what's funny for me? But I, I love it, you yeah. know. Um, but when they haven't told them, and I'd always tell them to tell the second reader, just, yeah. you know. Hold back. Hold back. Sit yeah. down. Don't, you know, don't stand up till you have to. Um. But it could be a friend of the lads and the lads are down the back of the church in stitches laughing at him. I love that because the photographs I'm getting are absolutely priceless. And the guy is there going, oh my God, ground open up and swallow me. (laughs) I don't know how he even does the reading then. Oh yeah, it's just, yeah, but that's, it's what happens. And it's also, you know, um, for the offertory procession when they can't find where the gifts are. That's hilarious sometimes. The mothers are walking around going, where are they? Where are they? Are they here? You know, it's funny. But like there are lots of lots of those things happen, yes. you know, yeah. and you just kind of. So just to back to back to the offertory procession, yeah. I suppose really the mothers of the bride and groom, because they're generally who bring yeah. up the offertory. Now, sometimes it's an aunt or, it's exactly. a, you know, yeah. um, but whoever's bringing up the gifts, find out where they are before yeah. the mass starts. That's hugely important. Yeah. Like, you know, and even, you know, uh, the bride and groom, say, going up to um, light candles and things like that. Yes. Candles can be used in in the, you know, religious ceremonies, but also in the civil ceremonies. So, again, it's really important that, you know, they know exactly where they're going, where the tapers are and how to put the tapers out. Yes. Isn't that? Have you seen anything go up on fire? Well, Well, not go up on fire, have you? Well, (laughs) I did. um, I did once have uh, the side of an altar tablecloth kind of smoke a bit, but it was handled in a like split second handled, and also lanterns on the ground on the way up. Oh, listen, that's it's kind of. I always say anything that illuminates has potential to light up your day. So talk and sometimes to me, have you seen anything happen with the lanterns? Yeah, yeah. So I've had I've had brides, you know, their train will hit off them and you'll hear a big smash. Oh gosh. Um a lantern one day. I, I was standing at the top of the church and I could smell this burning. And I was like, this isn't good. 
it's not good. <laughs> Going to have to leave. And then I thought, <laughs> okay, wait a minute now, wait a minute, don't panic and or don't be dramatic. So eventually I did my kind of walk down the aisle again. Um, now, in fairness, the, the wedding hadn't started, but I just did my very calm, casual walk down, checking the, the lanterns. And somebody had put a giant pillar candle into a really short um, oh, no. lantern and it was just burning. Oh no. So we had to have that removed. But like, I mean, candles in general, I was telling you about when um, there, I, I was singing underneath a giant candelabra. Like it was giant. Sorry, this is funny. Now I know you no. did think it was funny. <laughs> like there's so many things that have happened to me over the years. But um, this it was huge. It was like, I'd say about, I'd say at least seven feet tall wow. with these giant um, pillar candles. And somebody bumped off the pillar candles and they had been lit for a few hours, you know, to give them really good light. Yeah. But I had a rain of hot, scalding candle wax came down over me into my scalp, down my arm. I mean, I'd burns down my arm. Oh, Maria, that's not funny. Over my dress. No, this is genuine, over my dress. And the thing is that I had to, and I was telling you, I'll tell you about my finger in a minute, but... um. So I literally had to um, run to the bathroom, try get as much wax out of my hair as I could. I sang, obviously, the ceremony, but then I had to do the drinks reception with a full band afterwards. Oh, and I, I, I'll never forget it. I was scalding. What did you do with the clothes? So I always bring two dresses. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, always. <laughs> because you can never count on a zip. You can never oh. count on a zip. There will always be one time in like once in a blue moon where a zip will fail or something will happen. So I had a spare dress. So literally swapped out the dresses and went in and I was still covered in wax. I looked like something from War of the Worlds. I was covered in wax. Oh, and then another time I was telling tell you. Tell them about the finger. You oh. have to tell them now before we finish about your finger. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So um, things go wrong. Yeah. And as in all entertainment, the show must go on. The show must go on. So yeah. I was setting up. So I was telling you we're always there an hour beforehand. So I was there setting up the equipment and um, I... So my two speakers, I was putting them together. So they're they're heavy they and they're tall. Heavy. They are heavy. Yeah. So whatever happened, the top speaker just slipped from my hand and came down over my thumb oh, and God. literally ripped out my nail. Now I'd have been no good, I'd have been gone. And, and the skin, you. everything, everything was just sliced off. Okay. So I um I I'll never forget it. The bride was about 10 minutes away. <sighs> and I thought, okay. So I said nothing to the musicians and I ran into the sacristy and found the sacristan, got the medical aid box and I wrapped my thumb up in cotton wool and sellotape. <laughs> cotton wool and sellotape. It looked like, you know those, it looked like one of these, a giant microphone on my thumb. So, and I, I held it tight just to try and stop the bleeding. And, um, and yeah, so the bride arrived and I sang the full wedding stop. Um, with my thumb hanging off. And come here, the most important question yeah. of all. How was the voice? <laughs> it was good. Do you know what? That's the thing about it is you can kind of separate yourself. So when things go wrong yeah. in, in our industry, you kind of have to just get on with it. You do. So yeah. after that wedding, I drove myself to A&E. After the wedding? After the wedding. You went to A&E? Yeah. So I, away. I, so I sang first and then then headed off. Oh but sure, I was saying to you that nobody oh. would have known only that. I have this, <laughs> this really annoying habit and I'm still doing it when I talk. I emote with my hands. So when I sing, you'd often see me, you know, doing this. So all you could see at that wedding was every time I sang, you'd see this big white bandage coming up in the air. But I sang fine. I promise you that. I sang perfectly well. <laughs> 
Oh Aww. my goodness, Maria! I've had so much fun Aww, talking to you. Thank I could, you. I could probably sit here for another hour, oh, and we will have to do another podcast because. Oh, but there's so many things to talk there about. There are so so yeah, many things. Great. But for now, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can contact me on my website. So my website is www.weddingsinger.ie. Okay. You can also get me on mariafitzgerald.com, which will redirect you to weddingsinger.ie. Yes. Um, and then you can get me on all of the usual social media channels. So my handle is at weddingsinger.ie for Instagram Brilliant. and for Facebook. And you know what? On the website, my own telephone number is there. So wow. if you want to ring me. You can and stalk her in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, my phone is always off. <laughs> no, but, there, you know, if people want to ring, because like you said, people genuinely usually don't really have much of an idea of what they want. Yes. So usually one conversation with me, I'll go through all of that Brilliant. and you'd have a very good idea by the end of it. Excellent. Well, yeah. Maria, that's Gerald. Thank you so You're much welcome. for Thank being you on for my podcast. Me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, Clarins are giving us an amazing prize, a double serum and double serum eye to give away for every episode of the podcast. To win, simply jump on my Instagram page, Jenny McCarthy 8 and leave a comment under the post for this episode with Maria. Thanks again and take care. Hold up. 